Welcome back to Arts About. Show about art that's a work of art in itself. Sally, the tireless and gorgeous Sally Bean. <laughs> You've preempted me, of course, today, John. You're listening to Arts About, which is brought to you by the generosity of the McClellan Sculpture Park and Gallery, and you're here in the Artable Peace Studios with artist in residence and cultural sounding board, John Baird, the thermodynamic Mark Stewart, and as John alluded to, or in fact he didn't even allude, he said early, earlier, me tirelessly, Sally Bailey. What are you going to be on about this week, John? Moving art. Moving it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Moving a big painting. Oh. Where? From uh, High Street, Armadale to the NGB. Hmm. Okay. Oh. Without that sounds a, like Without fun. a car. Unlike the, uh, the episode that my brother Andrew and I had with the Bentley and the Len French on the roof. Yes, you're just going to be walking this one round, are you? It was a lot more successful on that trip. Was it? <laughs> okay, that always sounds like fun. And you, Mark? Uh, I'm going to talk about the Brett White exhibition at uh, uh, the Potter Museum. As you should. As I will. And also the parasympathetic nervous system. The parasympathetic nervous system. Which you both obviously both don't know anything about, but you oh, soon look, will. Actually, well, that's going to trigger some memories. It's self-descriptive, isn't it? Well, it's got a lot to do with anal sex. Oh, what? God. Yes. And pizza? And pizza, yes. Well, I was wondering, <laughs> have you been listening to Vivaldi's Four Seasons lately? <laughs> No, we haven't. You haven't? Oh, no. you're missing out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very good. Um, well, also on the program today, we're going to... Um, Frank Ganistan returns. Uh, we had Nelda Silver on the program last year talking about her two shows that were part of The Fringe. One was Erotic Bedtime Stories for Adults, wasn't it? And the other mm. was Frank Ganistan, which is her... Um, uh, tells tales of her growing up in Frankston or through the eyes or through the mouth, perhaps, of her alter ego, Noel. Anyway, the show's been a massive success uh, at quite a few different uh, festivals around the country and it's coming back to Melbourne, so we're going to hear about it. And, and we're going to see uh, it. We're going to go and see it, which is really exciting, yes. Mm. We're also going to be talking with Wendy MacDonald and she's one of the regional artists that are, that's uh, um, included in the exhibition that's on there at the moment, which is uh, Regional Women in Australia. Uh, she is going to be... She lives out of Echuca, about 70 kilometres, way out there on the Thule Lagoon, and she's going to talk to us about how she manages to get down here and paint. And Which lagoon is that? Thule. It's called Thule. It's a... It, it's part of a, the Murray, is it? It is part of the Murray. So it's like a billabong? Yes, but it's an old billabong and it very rarely fills with they water anymore. Are. Yes, yes. So I think you know what a billabong is? Yes, I do. It's, part, it's a, the path of the river. The meandering river. The meandering river that uh, sometimes is it's excluded from the river. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's yeah. right. Mm. So she's going to talk about some of her work, which is very beautiful and uh, uh, features that landscape. Mm. Now, I've got a bit of a 70s thing going today for some reason or another, so I'm going to play two very different songs from the 70s this time in this program. The first one is um, some Nigerian college students in a, have a band or had a band called Offage. They were the ultimate in psychedelic funk in the early 70s, and here's their song, It's Not Easy. First generation, queer, black, Asian, Australian and one woman powerhouse, Nelda Silva is a performance artist who uses spoken word, documentary, cabaret and burlesque to explore racism, violence, misogyny, sexual orientation, identity and what it means to call Australia home. She's had a sellout season at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival and Darwin Fringe Festival with her show Frank Ganistan, which is coming back to Melbourne for a second season. And we're thrilled to have her on the show again today with us before she hops on a plane to take 
herself and her band to the Sydney Fringe before she hits our stages here in Melbourne later this month. Forget sex, apparently sausages sell, and the question to ask is, do you want dead horse with that? Her alter ego, Noel, the local, takes us on a guided tour around his quintessential Australian suburb, Frankston. Good morning, Nell. Thanks for talking to us on Arts About Today. What does it mean to call Australia home? Oh, uh, um, Yeah, it's taken me my whole adult life to work that out and to, and to realise that that is an important question for me as well. Um, I think, you know, coming from immigrants... Um, there always was that feeling that, well, I was born here, but what what is it about being Australian that means something to me? And then on top of that, how can I be with um, the idea of um, sovereignty um, in terms of, um, you know, that we're on stolen land? And, and that actually means something to me. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, <laughs> they're pretty deep questions but essentially I was able to write a comedy cabaret out of it. Is, it, is, is there something about being other that enables you to do that? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely and before I even understood what that meant I um, I was very much experiencing that. You know I, I do love Frankston and it gave me everything to prepare me to, um, to be a down-to-earth artist like a, a you know, and a really active um, member in the art scene, like someone who I feel, you know, I feel really passionate to um, use my voice and particularly be that person who can um, speak for others, the other minorities and the other um, subgroups that haven't received representation um, either through mainstream arts or or just um, across the board as Australians. So tell me, what is Noel? Because we, Frank Anastan, we hear from your alter ego, Noel, I think. Well, I I, I must say, of course, I haven't seen the show yet. I'm I'm very excited. We're all going to be coming along um, to this particular season. But what does Noel teach us about Frankson or is he teaching us about ourselves or our country? What's going on? I've had lots of feedback about Noel and and I've got to say that... um, I think he really does speak to the heart of everyone, the Australian heart of everyone, and he does. He's very proud of his hometown, and so he does. He does show you around and, and his favourite places, which I'm sure will warm the cockles of, of your heart, all your hearts, um, Mark, John, and Sally, and everyone else <laughs> who could come, <laughs> because you'll go. Yes, I go to Beth Legs, and you know I know the Paul Connors and all those things. Um, but what does Noel do? He, I think that also. You know, he he speaks on behalf of, of the average Australian and I think that um, there's a part of that that is very endearing and there's also a part of that that is requiring um, a little bit more support and educating and openness and um, conversation. Just, I think Noel, um, he keeps it very real yeah. and, um, and I think that that is my tribute to coming from Frankston is that I had a very grassroots um, um, initiation into um, being a woman of colour and being um, a person who has a clear sexual identity, um, all of these aspects that create intersections for myself. Uh, Noel was, is a part of me that I think is a part of everyone, yeah. essentially. It's a quintessential Australian aspect of culture. 
Fabulous. Yeah, and that's who he is. It's interesting, Janelle. Good morning. Um, you still got your license, have you? Let's not talk about that on air, <laughs> shall we, Mark? Mark, Mark. Now I have to. I'm telling him off because he he brought that up last time. Bad, Mark. I'm sorry, Janelle. I can't help it. But listen, the the, uh, the idea about sovereignty is extremely important because I think it's a big problem with all Australians, no matter who they are, starting from the squatters on that they don't really feel like it's their land and it's their country. And I think it's going to take a, quite a few more generations before we really do feel that. I think that's something which is particularly Australian, a little bit less American because they do have a, uh, you know, they've managed to make their history something special, whereas our history, is, it's, you know, it's not really that special. So I think mm-hmm. you're, you're sort of delving into a problem which is quite um, essential to, to most Australians. But the other th- question I wanted to ask was, do you think Frankston is, you know, the way it's changing so radically, even from your childhood until, until now, do you think it's still, um, uh, is it still the same? Do you think it's still a, you know, it's no, no longer a sort of a struggle town, is it? Um, yeah, look, I, I, I still have my mum living in Frankston and, um, and some good friends and family. So, but I, yeah, honestly, yeah, I haven't really been back since, uh, for the past 20 years or so, mm. so I can't. Really, I've seen it, it from an outsider now. I kind of, it looks beautiful, and finally we're starting to use that incredible, that beauty, yes. yeah, that bay, you know, and, yes, um, that that trip through Nepean Highway is just such a, you know, it yeah, could be an absolute tourist, you know, icon. It could be, you know, well, it is for some Chinese. Well, yeah, look, I, I don't, I can't really comment on it. I don't know because mm. now. You'll you know, in the past 20 years, I've been kind of having babies and <laughs> doing other stuff. <laughs> and so the park at the beach is probably as far as I've got. <laughs> but, um, yeah, look, in terms of sovereignty, yeah, that is a, it is a, it's something that, yeah, like I said, it was very important for me to um, ask the question of myself. And then um, I suppose you could say as an artist and even as a marathon runner, I've chosen to be active in the way that I can, um, mm. yeah, ask those questions for, for everyday Australians and invite them to have the conversation as well. Well, it, Frank Anastan, it's been an incredibly successful show. You've you've taken it to, to Darwin. You've taken it. Where where has it been since it's left Fringe? Uh, yeah, so a year ago. It is. It's hard to believe it's it's almost been a year. But we've been to. We had a mini tour in Mullumbimby in uh, northern New South Wales. We went to, we did the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Yeah, we've done Darwin, and we're just about to do Sydney. We got, I've got to get on a plane in less than an hour. All right, well, <laughs> no, not less than an hour. I've just got to, um, you know, um, put the, the instruments through Tiger, and you know what Tiger are like. But oh, <laughs> yes. Well, good, everything's on a shoestring. Good and, luck with um, that one. <laughs> yeah. But it's been great, and, yeah, we're looking forward to Sydney this weekend. Um, and then, and and I'm also, I just want to give a shout-out to my late poetry mentor, Candy Royale. She passed away a few months ago from ovarian cancer. She was 36 years old. Oh. She was my poetry mentor. She was an incredible artist and activist, and, um, and so this season is dedicated to her. And her legacy, and for every, um, I hope every other artist out there or anyone that feels passionate about anything um, is inspired to to keep living, living their dream and doing it because 
this is what life is for, is for living. Well, this is very true because you, when you say that you, you could have looked at your, your experience in a negative way and here you are turning it into something positive, I think it's a very good example of you know, what the choices we have, whether we make it positive or negative. And clearly it's a very feel-good show because I've been looking at this. You, you've got quite a lot of video footage and YouTube um, uh, pieces that are now attached to the website, your websites and, and the show's websites in both Sydney and here. And it's it's really moving people. There are people who say that they're crying one minute and laughing another. And the the broadness of audience members, it's older people, younger people, men and women are all responding to it in an extremely positive way. What what do we what do we come away with? Um oh, so I I'm I'm not sure. I feel that people my the feedback is people come away feeling uh, definitely, they say it's thought-provoking. They say it's very heartwarming. They say it's very moving. Um, I've had a lot of white Australian men come up to me and say, I never thought about it like that, ever. I've never realised that that would be your experience. Mm. That was amazing. And I've had I've had actually a woman uh, come up to me and say, I was going to cancel my uh, counselling appointment because of some abuse that happened to me a few years ago, and now I'm going to follow through with that. Um, yeah, because I do look at misogyny and violence against women. Um, yeah, so that was really moving too, to have people feel motivated to, um, to take action in their own lives. Well, it's on at the Mel- um, Frank Ganistan's on from the 18th to the 22nd of September at Gasworks, and obviously tickets are, you can get them through a website. Uh, you there is you're on your way. You said to me earlier to pick up musicians, so there's obviously uh, a musical element to it as well. Now, yes, I have a live band. They're incredible. Um, they're, they're showing me the time and saying that. I'm Come on, get going, get okay, going. Okay, one last question: <laughs> Is there a Frank Ganistan two coming up? Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah, look, definitely. There, yeah, yeah, yeah there's got to be, doesn't there? I mean, yeah. I can't yeah, do can't it all in one there. show, can you? All right, darling. Wonderful. Thank you so much for taking time out on what's a really, really busy day. We'll have links to our, to the show on our Facebook page. Have a great, great one. Chookers for Sydney, and we'll see Thank you back you here. Thank you so much. Thank you for your support. I, I look forward to entertaining you all. Fabulous. <laughs> Bye. 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 Hey, that sounds fantastic. I can't wait. Mm. I'm really looking forward to it. Now, still on my 70s theme, here is British band Fox, uh, with who are really popular in the mid-70s, American songwriter, but an Australian singer. I'm sure lots of you will remember, Nusha Fox, and this is Single Bed. Artist Wendy MacDonald lives a very, very long way away. One of the five women included in the Southern Boys Studio Exhibition, Wendy lives as a farmer and a creative with her husband and children on a property on Thule Lagoon near the Murray River in southwest New South Wales. The country she lives on feeds her creative life. The ecology of the local environment and the changing creeks and rivers and the dramatic seasonal changes. She tells the story of the floodplains and the joys of belonging to a small community through her art. And although this incredible landscape inspires her, it also places her at a great disadvantage in that she is so remote. But she has a link to the Mornington Peninsula and is included in an exhibition with four other regionally based women in a combined exhibition at Southern Boys Studios that we talked about last week with Misha. She's on the line with us today to tell us a little bit more about her country and why she comes all this way to exhibit her work. Good morning, Wendy. Welcome to Arts About. 
Oh, good morning, Sally. Thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure. Are you talking to us today from your place in near Achuca? Yes, yes. I'm actually sitting in the farm office here while I'm chatting to you, but I have been working in the studio this morning. Have you? Um, is it still very dry up your way? Yes, yes. And I was actually just thinking this morning, it's such an irony because this exact time two years ago, we were waiting for the big floods to come. It was starting to rain up in the catchment and um, all of southern New South Wales was um, waiting to be inundated and we were just waiting to see the lagoons start to rise. So how quickly things can change. <laughs> yes, and you're nowhere near that, of course, now, are you? No, no, no. We're, we're actually drought declared now. So the lagoon is dry. It's in one of its dry cycles. And um, yes, we're just looking at the skies and hoping, hoping that something will happen. Yeah. The, the, the policies that they put in place, are because obviously you're clearly affected by that, by the policies in place, What um, uh, they're seriously under question, aren't they? Is there any hope that things are going to change? Uh, look, uh, Sally, that's a very loaded question. And oh, I sorry. Be here for a while. No, no, no. I just think... I think the best thing to say is that um, the Murray-Darling Basin Plan started with really terrific intentions and nobody questions that, but as with all complex government things, it's been really corrupted by politics. And, um, yeah, look, we're, we're living here and we're optimists. Yes, we, you have to be an optimist to be a farmer and, and live in a rural region. And... Um, Look, I think slowly the voices of the people on the ground are actually being heard. Yeah. Um, whether those voices will be taken into account for any constructive change, we don't know, but we have to be ever positive. Yes, have everything crossed. Well, farming out there must be tough, but so must also be the process of being a practising and successful artist. How have you managed to create a life out there that includes this extreme farming and, and your creative life? Um. Well, it was sort of, it's funny, it was, a, it was a situation of circumstance because we're fairly isolated and, and not as isolated as, um, as some, but I've always had the attitude that um, if, you can't, if you can't go there, then make, make it come to you. And um, so I've set up my studio and I actually offered to share my space, as you know, mm -hmm. with other creative people. So I've tried to actually get the creative people come to, to come to me and that's a terrific way to exchange um, exchange ideas and knowledge and um, just um, yeah, create too. a network with the wider artistic community. Yes, well, I, I have mentioned before on the program that I was uh, extremely lucky to come up there last month and do and participate in one of your art camps, which was... A fantastic experience. In fact, I was just talking with John about it uh, a little earlier today because it's one of those places that, um, well, it's one of those few times that uh, I managed to get more than a couple of hours Yes. Actually, participate. You know, actually creating something, and it was just sensational. But what was also sensational was the way that you, the the information that you imparted to all of us. We all thoroughly enjoyed being up there, and it was a hell of a drive. I must admit, I I, I love a road trip, but um, uh, and it was a really spectacular drive out there. But um, it was also a fantastic weekend in this bungalow uh, out on this in this incredible incredible country. But clearly, you're a teacher. I mean, it, it, you're a teacher too. Are you an art teacher? 
Yes, yes. Well, mm. I'm actually I'm a I'm a qualified way back when I I I did a um, a double degree, so I did a major in education and um, and psychology. So I think that that has actually equipped me really well. I've always loved to teach and share my knowledge, and um, I actually I genuinely get a lot out of that. And people people query quite quite often query and other artists especially how. Um, how I feel about sharing my space, but I actually feel really, really comfortable sharing my creative space because I really, I just love to teach, which sounds a bit corny, I suppose, but I actually do. I, I just think, you know, it's such a privilege to be able to live where I live and and do what I do and have my creative life as well, and I just really love to be able to help to open those doors for other mm-hmm. people. Well, it's a very clever combination because obviously there's a, there's an income associated with that as well. It is uh, on top of the fact that you're an exhibiting artist and people are buying your work. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, it all it all sort of helps. It's it's just all the pieces of the puzzle. Mm. Um, and yeah, and not everybody enjoys um, teaching or is able to teach. But um, I've taught all ages from preschoolers up to. Um, up to adults, so um, and I've done some work with isolated regional children too, which I find really, really satisfying and rewarding. Yeah, because of course they would be just thirsty for uh, for that kind of thing. Now, um, th- your work itself uh, is an incredible. It includes a colour palette that I think that I wouldn't immediately associate with a landscape because. A lot of what you paint, well, you paint big landscapes, but you also paint uh, interiors as well, um, small interiors. But the your palette's really unusual. Can you tell us a little bit about your relationship with the country and that the colourways that you use? Um, yeah, look, I think a lot of the colourways that I use um, comes from, it's a bit like osmosis because I live in this, this landscape and I see it sort of season in, season out, early morning, late evening. Um, and often the landscape is very bare. It's very bare at the moment. So you sort of get the beautiful ochre and pink tones that come through the um, the soil and the sand hills and the clay pans. Mm-hmm. And um, because the red gum, so the, the remnant red gum forests that we live in, they're, they're massive trees um, and... Um, it's quite fascinating to watch them change through the season too, the beautiful subtle tones of whites and pinks and yellows and greys um, that, um, that the bark takes on through the season. So it's really a combination um, of all that. It's that combined knowledge that you sort of soak in through osmosis every day that I think comes out in the palettes in the end when I paint. Mm. How did you end up there in the first place? Oh, well, I was a city girl who went to um, move to Geelong to go to university and um, got tangled up with a country boy, and here I am. Yes, 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 that that old chestnut. (laughs) Yeah, that's all you know. They say farmers and teachers and nurses. Um, And then the other thing that's really interesting is how you got involved with Southern Boy because, uh, you know, you're you're in an exhibition that's down here, but, but they also frame for you, don't they? Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, they offer a wonderful um, um, service to remote and regional artists in, in that they're happy to um, prepare the, the stretch canvases and the frames and package them all up and send them away. 
and it's absolutely no trouble to them, which is wonderful. So it just, for me, it saves a lot of fun. We're sort of four hours away from Melbourne, so it, it saves a lot of fun killing mm. and throwing and, and um, land miles. So um, they've been terrific and supportive, and I think that the, the folk at Southern Boy have a, a similar collective mentality, I think. They're sort of more than just about their business. They want to go back. They want to create an arts hub and, and um, create opportunities for young people and regional people, and yes. I think that that's really worth supporting. Yes, and they're a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, it's always <laughs> nice to work with happy people. <laughs> no, no, that's right. And, of course, um, the, your, the, the exhibition that's on there at the moment, of which you are one, there are four other uh, women artists. Presumably that's the, that is the link that, that binds you all together because the work is all very different, isn't it? Oh, yes, 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 very different. Um, two Western Australian artists and one from Northern Queensland and myself and Sophie, who's from the Mornington but we're all um, we're all based in a non-urban um, environment, so um, that's where the regional tag comes from. So we're not from the same region; we're from very differing um, rural regions. Um, but I think that the work hangs together really well, and it just gives us a little collective voice. Yeah, wonderful. And did you know them before you you were down at the exhibition opening? Uh, the other oh, artists. the other artists. Yeah. Oh no, but look, I, I knew of them. It's funny the way this, um, the the um, the visual arts world works these days is that you can create connections with people without actually having um, having met them. So I was familiar with Helen McCulloch's work, and I've actually exhibited with her on other occasions um, through different galleries and. Um, which was lovely, but I'd never had any connection with the other two. Um, mm. But it's all about um, well, all, all those the... intersections—they're yeah, so absolutely. they're so um, enriching, aren't they? Yeah, totally. Wonderful talking to you today, Wendy McDonald. Uh, the exhibition, Regional Women's Exhibition, runs at Southern Boy Studios until November the seventeenth, and and the the ways of uh, of connecting and under, and realizing other artists' work, of course, is Instagram. I'm sure. Do you have an Instagram account? Yes, I do have an Instagram account. I've been a very, um, I have a very um, mixed relationship with social media, as I'm <laughs> sure many people of my vintage do. Um, but um, yeah, I, look, I have an Instagram account for the studio, which is a fantastic way to sort of share knowledge, share ideas, um, connect with people, let them know what's happening here in the studio, and. Um, and get them to see your work. Yeah. I'll put a link on our Facebook page to your Instagram account and also your website and also, of course, the regional um, women's exhibition that's Absolutely. on at Southern Boy. Yep. yep, it's really, really worth a, a visit to pop down and see and it's such a beautiful space. It's lovely to see some artwork in an industrial space. It's a really lovely... Um, um, it's a really lovely um, match, I think, the beautiful mm. big open and the artwork, it, it really it does them justice. Yes, we're big fans here. Thank you so much Great. for talking to us today, Wendy McDonald. Thanks for your time, Sally. Bye-bye. Bye. And now it's time for some messages from our sponsors and then we will be coming back with John on. Yeah, thank you, guys. Get your headphones on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As you know, I worked as a picture framer in Armadale for uh, many years in High Street and... Uh, 
we had a painting that had come in there to be re-stretched. Uh, it was a large painting, um, about six foot by ten foot, so quite a, a very big painting. It's big. Yeah. Uh, it was a Robert Jacks painting, uh, kind of an abstract uh, with lots of jagged geometrical shapes in it. Good uh, one? Yeah. I liked Robert's painting. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, me too. And uh, we had a call. Uh, we had it, we'd stretched it and it was there and it was ready to go. And we had a call from the NGV who owned it uh, about getting it back to the NGV to the uh, conservation and framing department there because they wanted to get the aluminium screwed back on the outside of it and get it back on the wall, I think. And um, we didn't have... Well, it wouldn't fit in the van. Rod, who owned the business, had a van. It wouldn't fit in the van. It was too big. And uh, he was reluctant to... Um, Hire get, a van. ...get a courier, because he said they'd take too long. And he said to this guy, Mike and I, why don't you just take it round to the NGV on the tram... And the tram went down High Street and uh, up St Kilda Road to the NGV almost directly. Six foot by ten foot. Yeah. So it didn't. We didn't. We knew it wasn't going to fit on the tram. Mm. Uh, but the tram came along, and Mike ran out and he spoke to the driver, and he came back and he said, "He's waiting there for us. Let's go." And we grabbed this big painting and we uh, stood it up on the. Uh, Bought the, the yeah the step the step on the inside of the tram, not the other side where the people were getting on and off, but yep. on the inside of the tram, which stood it up there, and we got on either end of it ourselves and held it in place, and the tram took off. This is one of those green trams, yeah, was it? Well, yeah, the old W class tram. Oh, oh my goodness. And we went hurtling down uh, High Street with this big painting on the side of a tram. The driver, who was really enjoying it, if there was a like a crowd of people anywhere, he'd start ringing the bell, like ding, 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 <laughs> and everyone would turn around to have a look, and there was a painting going past. <laughs> and it was good fun, actually, doing that. It was. Perhaps <laughs> this, is, this is where they got the idea to paint trams, do you think? Well, I'm getting there, Mark. I'm getting to that. <laughs> Sorry, you know? So we've got the big Robert Jacks paintings on the painting on the side of the tram, and we shot around the joint. Um, I'm sorry, I missed that bit. Are you, were you just sort of holding it out the windows or something? No, it was sitting up on the outside of the tram on the, on the uh, boarding step. Yes, but Leaning not, on the, against not on the side that people were getting on and off on the inside. <gasps> right. So yeah. it wasn't going to get. It was. It was stable. It was pretty windy. It was blowing around oh my a gosh, bit. Gosh, bear it. And uh, we went round the corner into St Kilda Road, up St Kilda Road, and uh, all very successfully got off the tram. We had to buy three tickets from the conductor, <laughs> my dear. We got off the tram at the NGV, and we carried this thing in through the front door of the NGV and there was a guy standing there who said, you know, I can help you and we said, oh, we've got to deliver this and he said, okay. And we just walked past him into the gallery and out the back of the gallery to, there was, at the time there was a little moat and a cafe out the back and, uh, and the framing department was out there and we took it out there. And, um, but I thought to myself, you could actually, you could just bring anything you want in here and hang it on the wall, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Did it inspire you to do that? Well, no. I had a friend who did that, who hung herself in the Tate. Yes, I I was about to say there's been a few people who have done that. Right. Well, I should have done it. I wish I Mm. had. But I did notice that a couple of months later, uh, there was, in fact, a Robert Jack's tram getting around. and They they got people (laughs) to paint trams. (laughs) You know, David Larwell did one. He did a beauty, painted inside and out. I have a 
feeling that that tram is about to be recommissioned or or put mm, put somewhere perhaps. back on the road. Yeah, on the tracks. Yeah, so to speak. yeah. There has been some noise about that. Wonderful. Getting stealing a painting into the gallery was one thing, and uh, but not long after we did that, someone stole a painting out of the gallery as well. And took a tram. The Picasso was pinched not mm. long afterwards either, about two months later. Which one was it? Which the Weeping Woman. All right. Yes, we we always. But there's another Weeping point. Woman in there, no? It was uh, returned. No, it was returned. It was returned. Okay, yes. that's it was the used. small green one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Mm. Mm. All right. That's it. That'll do now, yeah, that'll Mark. Do. Yeah. What have you got? What have you got? Well, look, I want to teach you about the parasympathetic nervous system. Oh, yes, the parasympathetic oh, yeah. nervous okay. system. What's the parasympathetic nervous well, system? Well, it's part of the autonomic, autonomic nervous system, yes. sometimes called the rest and digest system. It's the, it's the system, it's called the, the, you've got two, you've got the sympathetic, which is the fight or flight, yes. and you've got the parasympathetic, which is rest and digest. Right. Okay? Oh. So the sympathetic nervous system prepares your body for physical and mental activity. It makes your heart beat stronger, opens your airways so to breathe more easily, and inhibits digestion. So it's right. like when you get the adrenaline rush. It's right. all these actions yes. which you have absolutely no control over, yes. okay? like your heartbeat. Yeah. Whereas the, pa- the parasympathetic nervous system is the one where, where it um, conserves energy as it slows the heart, increases intestinal and gland activity, and most importantly, relaxes sphincter muscles in the gastrointestinal tract. To right. enable food to move through. No, to enable, no it's, it's the, the resting, it's a, so that you're slowing down, so yeah. that you can, you're not in action. You can do all right. those other jobs right. you don't get done when you're running away. Well, you can, <laughs> you yeah. can think. It's like they say when you, you know, the fact that we um, fire uh, was a huge invention for mankind because it enabled them to cook food so that it was easier to digest and so that all the blood we were using to digest could be used not in our stomach, could go to our brain, so it made us more... Away from, to run away from yeah, from animals. Yeah. So saber-toothed uh, tigers, yeah. I believe, are the real threat. <laughs> now, one of the things that we have where our lives are full of stress, mm-hmm. and you know, every time someone in the right-hand lane won't move over, your pelvic floor gets tense and your anus tightens, which is why we call them a pain in the ass. Yes, and do you know what they have begun? booking people for that have now. they yes Finally. they have just in the last month i've been reading things about it excellent people, yes i agree i okay. was right behind that so look the anus is made of two rings of muscle mm-hmm. the external one is continuous with the pelvic floor and is made of skeletal muscle that's the kind of muscle you can consciously control and is called skeleton because it moves your bones that's not a boner but the internal muscle is connected to your digestive system and it's made of smooth muscle this same muscle, that's the same muscle that's in our organs and blood vessels. You can't control it because it's wired by your auto- autonomic nervous system. Right. Okay. Both the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system are connected to the internal anal muscle. And it's the only place you can directly massage the parasympathetic nervous system to stimulate the relaxation response. Now, if you've had, ever had a good massage by someone you know they do actually get down in near your anus so that you can it calms you down mm-hmm. now you know, if you take out the erotic uh, charge from these possibilities and you know the right techniques it's a very very good way of making you relax and keeps you relaxed for a very long time really yes now if you can't do that then you can try anal sex but as you know it's extremely important to be very careful because it's something you know you have to go start small go slow use lots of lube try vibrators and relax thanks 
for that, okay, Mark. Okay, so look, that's okay, just, just... I would have thought, Mark, that mm. I would have been shocked if <laughs> your little conversation about the science of the bum hadn't ended up in anal sex. You know? yeah, or no, ha- a how-to. No, no, but look, it's, I'm not uh, uh, saying... to it's, consider. Uh, yeah, it's just something which is worth thinking about if you, yeah. if you can't relax, John. Right. So... Anyway, moving on to Brett Whiteley. Oh, yes, let's moment. move along to Brett Whiteley. That's a good idea. <laughs> and George Ballantyne. No, Balderson. Uh, Balderson, sorry, yeah. yeah. Ballantyne was a dancer, wasn't it? So the, and the I, chocolate makers. Oh, okay. I really like the Ian Potter Museum. I think it's a, you know, it's a lovely little space because I went to the um, NGV to see the Japanese exhibition. It's on yeah. that one of those side upper areas that yeah. the Italians built and I realised in fact I don't, never liked this exhibition space because there's no windows there yes, it's, abs- yes. it's quite claustrophobic right. nobody goes there because they can't find it and it's just a, I think we should start a movement to bring Put the NGV bring the NGV back to how it was you know restore it to it's what it's not going to happen though Mark. no it's I mean, not you can no. want that all you want but we can try it's like yeah, anyway so look well, there's possibly going to be a new building, isn't there? Well, there is a new building. They're no, building. no, no, but yes, they're building it already. They're building it already, oh, yeah. Right. The, the arts precinct is all, all around the Acre, uh, you know, around that area. Well, I know they're doing the street, but are they actually doing the footings yes, of the going, buildings? I think oh. they are, yes, oh, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Anyway, the... the uh, so the Red, Potter Museum being in Carlton or at no, the one Fed in Square? Fed Square, yeah, because yeah, I don't like calling it Fed Square anymore. I'm going to call it the Ian Potter Museum. Ian okay. Potter was some wealthy engineer i think who gave a lot of money to the stockbroker that's true so the exhibition is on the ground floor and it's um you walk down that uh very sort of long passage and they've got a um one of brett's harbour views not not one of the best but quite a quite a beautiful one i love the way he sort of palette knifes those boats and their shadows into the water but um it's from the view from his house in lavender bay where uh wendy still lives and she's made that lovely garden mm. where Brett's ashes and Arky's ashes. You know, Arky died of yes. a, a, um, um, was it pancreatic cancer or no, was it cancer? No, it was adrenal cancer, which adrenal. is even faster. Six months after Brett, must you know, Wendy had a tough time. Anyway, she's still living there, and um, I remember visiting them in 1979. And um, Wendy answered the door, and she was covered head to toe in scabs. Her eyes were bleary, her hair was ragged, and she was wearing a white toweling dressing gown which was dirty and covered in blood stains and um, burn holes. Hash probably in those days. Heroin doesn't do any No, doesn't it doesn't do, do anybody any favours. Any favors. But she's away so from much for heroin chic. No, exactly. It didn't work yeah. in that way. But um, what I, uh, we're running out of time, but the, uh, one of the most magnificent paintings there was the Sigian Triptych, which you've got oh, yeah. to see. And yeah. it's made in early, si- early yeah. 62, yeah. after their marriage. They was on honeymoon in, in the south of France. Uh. These paintings, uh, they didn't have any of the warm reddish ones. They just yeah. had a sort of a beigey, uh, creamy one. God, they're beautiful. Yeah, I adore they them. They are just paintings. so beautiful. Yeah. It's really worth seeing. Oh. And what about Balderson? Did you oh, like, because you didn't know who he was, I think. Oh, no, like, like most people i didn't i no. knew very little about him but his uh his sculptures i find quite interesting they're a little bit like jihad uh not richter it's um there's another guy in france who was quite famous whose name i forget but the bronze sculptures are quite interesting his when you put his his drawings and um they're not he really paintings. A printmaker, he's mostly. a printmaker mostly mm-hmm. next to brett's paintings they just don't have the same vitality they're oh. they're, they're perhaps something you need to look at a, 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 over a while <laughs> 
But they were paired because why? Why were they paired? Because, because some, they, they were born on the same year. Yeah, is that be, correct? No, so because they were just some curator had artists. an idea to make an exhibition, and uh, mm. I don't think it really works that well. I think they were, own, they were both sort of charismatic in their own way too. They yeah. Had, they, uh, although George wasn't as well known as Brett, he was certainly a charismatic personality. Yeah. Extremely handsome, very handsome man, and uh, everyone loved him. Whereas yes. Brett was kind of had heroin chic and was a bit scary, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. Brett had a lot of well. energy too. He was quite yeah. amazing. But look, the, the other painting which is in there is the America one, which... Um, really? Uh, yes. They've got yeah. the panels in there. From Western it, Australia. From really. Western Australia. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It, but it's very disappointing. Oh, yeah. Very disappointing. I can see why Le, uh, Le, Leo you Castelli... Made, you make that in the Chelsea York. Hotel or yeah. something. Yeah. Well, oh. not, in, not in the hotel, but it had a studio down the road. But it was mm. actually uh, not as interesting as I thought. The other one, which is... I can't remember the name. The other big panel one I found more interesting. That's in Surrey Hills. But look, here's a quote. Do I have time for a quote? Yes, just... Yes. Um, Oscar Wilde saying... A true artist takes no notice whatever of the public. The public to him is non-existent. Okay? And this, this is written on, on the America painting. Um, unless it deceives, it is not art. It's not art. Mm. Oh, here we go. Well, I won't give you any more. No, that's right. it. That's it. Yep. Thank Time you, Yes, thanks around Mark. Brett Whiteley, George Balderson and the bum. Yeah. I th- <laughs> <laughs> but it does sound like we must go to that exhibition. And, and for a massage. And for a massage at yes. some point too, okay. yes, of course. Uh, fringe is on, fringe, 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 fringe. Um, uh, Nelda Silva's performing her show Frank Ganistan at Gasworks during Fringe, 18th to the 22nd of September. Go to the Fringe website to have a look. Chemistry by Jacob Marks Rice is still on with a little theatre company and that's at the Alex Theatre in St Kilda. And there's an exhibition of the work of regional women at Southern Boy running till November the 17th. If you've just tuned in, you've missed Arts About. But you can hear the repeat on Wednesdays at 12 or listen to the podcast on the station website. You can also listen to us on air and streaming or from the RWP phone app. And we also have a Wooshka site too where people can listen to our podcasts and you can you could go back years, I would think, and listen to all the drivel that we've really? been on about. Yeah. I had listened to a podcast of myself talking on the radio in the car the other day. It was hilarious. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. Well, I listened to a podcast of Bob Dylan talking about weather and music oh, yeah. and he told a joke. He said, what do you do if you miss your mother-in-law? Yeah. Re- reload and try again. <laughs> Boom, boom. Okay, well, we'll be on again same time next week. I completely lost my train of thought there. Uh, 11 a.m. next Sunday. And remember, everybody, we may not know everything about art. We know what we like. We know all about the parasympathetic nervous system. Well, yeah, that's what we do now. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you later. Bye.